All right, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the 12th Man Podcast. I'm going to say during the next 60 minutes, but it may take a bit longer. We're going to talk Sheffield United. We're going to talk QPR. They're the good bits. We'll talk the news that came out yesterday. Um, obviously, with the season ticket prices, what people have said. I've got countless amount of messages to go through. Um, and uh, we'll preview the weekend game at West Brom. I'm Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair, as we usually are. No John Don this week. He's... Um, He's pre-booked on his trip on his um weekly um out into Benidorm. He's doing some filming, bless him. It's not really. He's having, he's having a bit of that time in the sun. Um so hopefully you're listening, JD. Have a good time out there and I'll see you next week. Um where we'll can tell you all about the rant that's about to happen. Uh we've got Mr. John Cutler, he's with me. Evening even John. Evening. I just like the way you said there's his weekly trip to Benidorm. What is he scattered? It, well, I mean, it used to, it, it, the way he used to go on when we had the old podcast back in the studio was, um, yeah, we we thought he, he, the dancing he used, he used to do, yeah, we thought he, he'd booked on Strictly, so, yeah. There's a bit you of meaning behind it. You have to do half a walk on Saturday, won't you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Absolute nutter. Another thing, because I did that walk a few years ago, it was horrible. So I know how he feels, but... Um, Steve Gibson, Steve Dixon, Steve Gibson. Wow, you're not here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Mr. Steve Dixon with us. Oh, fair, Jordy. Evening, Steve. Good evening, fellas. All okay? Yeah, we're doing good, mate. And special guest, um, joining us very kindly from the um, the, I suppose the, the chair of the Middlesbrough Supporters Forum. Um, our voice to to the club, Mr. Mark Motley. Evening, Mark. Good evening. How are we doing? Well, good. Right. But I'll start with you. Some I'll let you do this. Sum up Sheffield United away because that result. Wow, it it not only put the start on an amazing seven days, but an amazing, I suppose, run of results because obviously, to put a spoiler in there, we've gone from ten points to four within the space of five days. Well, I'd have settled for a one nil scrappy. Result with us getting absolutely battered and nicking it, but we laid a proper marker down last week. We absolutely, we've played really, that's as good a performance as we've had all season and we've had some brilliant ones. Fortress, Bramall Lane, main rival. If they beat us, it's game over. We're in the playoffs and they're up. And like you said, they're in a space of a week now. They'll be nipping now. Nipping, wow. But no, you're absolutely right there. I say the performance... I've got. I've got to say, the performance was the best of the season. I mean, we we said it. We've we've been saying it for weeks. You know, the performances are getting better and better. But for me, last Wednesday culminated in probably one of the best performances, not just this season. I've seen in a long while. I mean, I know we played really well in the cup games last year, but this no. meant a lot. And this was absolutely. It was. I mean, apart from I was I've seen another first goal was a bit of a. I was going to say scrappy, but it was a massive mistake from uh, Lenahan to let McBurney go as he did. But following that, 85 minutes of absolute perfection. Outstanding performance. Uh, I mean, we talked last week about the midfield battle. For me, they've got the best midfielder in the championship in Sander Beige. And he was, you know how much I love House, and I thought he was absolutely terrific against him last week. And the whole team. I wouldn't have given anyone less than an eight out of ten last week. They were absolutely outstanding, each to a man, all of them. Oh, they were unbelievable. You see, even 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 the players that came on briefly as the day. I mean, even when Crooks came on, he did a shift. Obviously, keeping yeah. the ball as the way he did, and 
it was just oh, it was just an absolute pleasure to to to, to watch to oh, celebrate to yeah chuck yourself about and oh unbelievable what a night what a night it was just yeah it was unbelievable I mean Steve what did you think of the the trip to, to Sheffield it was outstanding uh really really tricky fixture for many reasons and every now and again is a club and a supporter you get these standout games that you remember for a long time. And I think you put that result at Sheffield United in that category. I would probably go as far to say as it's Middlesbrough's best away display since the Karanka days when we dismantled Brighton 3-0. I think it was that good. When you consider who we're playing against, their home record, um, what was at stake. If we had lost, you could probably guarantee that it was playoffs at best. And to go there in a real pit atmosphere to go goal down in such poor circumstances from a long throw into the box and a you know a poor defensive mistake and a header and to turn it around so quickly and dominate the game was just terrific to watch I mean Tuba Rappong first half performance was absolutely I'll go as far as say world class he was getting on the ball he was getting in the pockets he just dominated that the attack in third for the whole of the first half. And then he capped it off with, you know, outstanding goal. You know, got the ball inside the box on the right hand side, switched the ball so quickly from right from left to right, took the, the defenders out the game, smashed it in. No more than we deserved. Uh no more than we deserved at all. In fact, I thought we we're unlucky not to go in, in front at half time with the chances we had with McGree. Um, and I say come out second half again got the goal at the right time early goal uh, Cameron Archer 48 minutes on his left peg smashes it in and then you just start to think this could be our night because we were playing so well and like like Kutz has said there wasn't a player that was below the 8 out of 10 they were outstanding to a man we looked solid at the back we goalkeeper was commanding and we looked a threat on the attack every player was was a threat and 3-1 I think that was more more than deserved and I think after the game you know you look at the Sheffield United forums you look at social media and stuff even the Sheffield United fans were saying how good Middlesbrough were we were levels above them which tells you everything and now going into the running I think we're in a really good position because we're coming we are. I mean, I, I'll finish off with you, Mark. I mean, we've all, obviously, firstly, welcome. Good to have you back on again. Um, we've all had our opinion on Tuba Akpom. We all, we've all said, well, I mean, a year ago, we said there's no chance he's staying, you know, his, his future's pretty much done. But have we now got the best striker in the championship? Without a doubt. Um Without a doubt, he does a bit of everything, doesn't he? Not just scoring goals, he's hold up play, bringing other players in. I think that new role um, Michael Carrick's given him, he's absolutely thriving. Um, you can see how much he's enjoying his football now as well. And it's not just about um, the role either. I think you can see on the pitch after um, after games. I mean, Carrick's putting his arm around these players and speaking to them, patting them on the back. And I think that whole you know, positive mentality that Carrick Scott is just helping every player on that pitch thrive and 
I really do. I mean, I, I can't believe how many how many years have we wanted a striker where we've where we wanted like twenty odd goals um, a season, and we've got one now. And he's going to probably surpass that by quite a few. Um, we've cried out for a striker. It's been the thing that's been missing for years, even under Karanka, where we've had the great defence. We always had one up front, and we've really really struggled to score goals. And now we're banging them in for fun. It's not just two we're banging them in. It's they're coming from force. They're coming from other places. So. Um, it's 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 absolutely brilliant to watch. To be fair, and just going back to what you said about Sheffield United, it, again going back to the mentality Carrick's put into the team. Again, we we'll keep going back to the calmness. Nobody panicked. We weathered the storm for ten minutes, and we just got back into the way that Carrick wants to play, keeping to those principles. And we just kept possession, and we just passed it around them, and we did all that attacking. And as you say, I mean, we, we were lucky not to go in first half ahead, really. So. It's yeah, it's it's a really good place to be at the minute, isn't it? And and, and as you also said as well, um, the chase is definitely on. I think. Yeah. Not only not only are we saying that. I think at the end of the game, when Carrick did the Southgate fist bump to the fans, yeah. he knew then that we put a marker down and we've give ourselves a really good chance. And like you say, the celebrations, all the players are all together doing little chickens and all sorts of things they're doing. It's great to see that. The team spirit in that squad now is sky high. And I yeah. wonder what it's like in, in their dressing room with she- in Sheffield. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it's everything just seemed together. I mean, you could see, you could see after the first goal conceded, it was, it was his usual calm self, carry, you know, it's all the games. Calm yourselves. We're all, it's, it's all right. You know, we'll just start again. And my God, I mean... As I say, it was 85 minutes of absolute perfection. They couldn't get anywhere near us. They had the complaints about the third goal, but I don't get what, I don't get where they're complaining from. The referee played advantage. There was five seconds between that and the ball getting given away. And a ball through again from Hackney. Again. It, it, what, what a joy that kid is to watch. I mean, I mean, I mean, cuts we we spoke about him, but as I say, I mean, I didn't want to pick out a man in the match, but Obviously, I know Cameron Archer and Af Palmer and players are going to get the, you know, the accolades, and, and rightly so because they played really well and they scored the goals that got us a win. But he was instrumental again, Hackney, for such a young lad as well. Well, I've said this a few times on the pod. If you think he's good now, this is his first, even half a season, three quarters of a season, anywhere near this level. Yeah. He is only going to get better and better. He looks, he looks miles older than what he actually is, and for a. For a young lad to come in and play like that, I can't remember the last time we had a kid that's come in and performed as consistently as he had. And every week he's up there with man the match. Every single week when we're playing well, he's instrumental while we're playing in the turnaround under Carrick. And we've got Leo to thank for bringing him in for that. Absolutely. Carrick was asked about him last week at the press conference and I think there's a question somebody um, said about comparing himself, or comparing Hackney to Carrick and... Yeah, Carrick was a bit vague, but he could tell that Carrick knows that he's got somebody special here yeah. on, on the books, to be fair. Um, and I think he's probably in the best place to learn under somebody like Carrick. Oh, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. He was, I mean, I read, I read a stat just after the game as well. He said, it said uh, a year ago to that game, he was sat on the bench for Scunthorpe. Couldn't get a game for Scunthorpe, couldn't get in the squad. We're seeing as not quite strong enough for league. I mean, but look at him now. I mean, just just look at him now. He's uh, he's doing red car very proud, very very proud. Um, he's fantastic addition. But um, 
Yeah, I thought I, I thought I'd go to the top by Sheffield United, but um, Steve, we come to QPR. I mean, before I talk about QPR, I want to give the lads a big, massive shout out. Um, twelve man boys. It's a started by Mister Danny Chapman himself. Um, our own Mister Motivator, absolutely incredible. Set off at two o'clock Saturday morning. Went from the Riverside. He didn't even stop at Rockcliffe. He touched the wall. When he got there, he just touched the wall and turned round and came straight back. 36 miles he did. Um, there was countless amount of people that joined him along the way. Um, there was a few people that did it with him. They say, our very own John Donny, he, he did it on the way back. He's now resting his uh, sunny legs in Spain. Um, so, hell of an effort, boys. And they say, that the money keeps going up as well. We're over 1,500 quid all in. So, if you've donated, thank you so much. That Honestly, thank you so much. Um it says going to the Michael Carrick Foundation anyway. And um as I say, Mark, you've done a lot of work for the Michael Carrick Foundation, obviously with your, your food banks and you obviously joined in um with the donations as well. And um yeah, I mean just I mean just if you can just put in the words that absolute effort they put in on Saturday to even get halfway. Yeah. I think I actually seen uh Danny on, on Saturday. Um in the club reception, he was um, badgering the first team changer to get some straps for his feet because he was hobbling about. And I think they did actually give give him some some of the physios found him some straps to put on his feet so he could walk a bit better. So yeah, yeah, he, he came. I remember he came back actually after that. He he said, um, "Paul Dews, obviously the um, the club's media man, came out. He was like, oh, well done, well done.' He went." Do you mean well done? Where's my straps? He went, oh yeah, oh yeah, sorry, and we ran, ran out and got up for him. But um, no, the club have been massively supportive to what they've the lads have done, and they say everybody that donated, thank you so much. But um, as I say, everybody that has donated online, etc. There's a they say we'll be doing the draw at some point to get um, uh, Graham Bandera signed, Michael Carrick caricature, giving out. So thank you so much, and yeah, it's just yeah, but completely blown away to uh even be considered for you know all this money so yeah it's been it's been great thank you so much but uh anyway steve i'll come back to two o'clock the team came out it wasn't carrot the whole time carrick's been in charge there's been no more than two changes made in a in a team saturday he made three one we are surprised and two, could you see where he was coming from when you put him in? I was a little surprised, but when you, when you think about it, after the game at Sheffield United, it was such a tough game, which took a lot out of people. Um, I, I'd said last week on the podcast that I expected Barley to play a game in the part of Sheffield United, and he didn't. So I fully expected him to come in on Saturday against Queen's Park Rangers, which he did. Uh, what I didn't realise was I think there's been a reason for that as well because Housen's one broken away from a suspension okay. and I think because he didn't play against QBR means now that suspension's passed now so he's free to continue I think the yellow yeah. card suspensions is finished so I think there was a bit of a bit of tactical play in that one as well which I didn't realise on Saturday but even so I, I was still expecting Barley to come in and he did uh, I was a little bit surprised to see Ramsey start and Dale Fry come back out for, for McNair. Now, I spoke about this last week as well. I expected McNair to play at Sheffield United, 
because of his size and his aerial ability and the way Sheffield United play. And I said to John Cutts last week on the podcast that I wouldn't be surprised or upset if McNair come in for QPR because QPR play a football and way and McNair's good on the ball. And that's exactly what Carrick done. Now, going into this week against West Brom, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dale Fry come back in for McNair because the way West Brom play with a big centre forwards in, in Grant and uh, DK up front, I expect Fry to come back in. And that's great management. I like that. I like. I don't mind if you if you're picking horses for courses. It's good management, and it, it it it's working well. As I say, the only surprise for me was Ramsey coming in for force. I didn't I didn't see that one happening. Uh, I thought he had a a bit of a mixed afternoon. I thought it unsettled him a little bit uh, because Ramsey being left footed, where force likes to go down the right and use his pace and get get him behind. Uh, Ramsey was cutting inside on his left peg all the time and going into traffic, and I thought that sort of that dynamic of the midfield um, was why it took a little while to settle first half uh, with Barley are coming in and then Ramsey coming in and cutting inside. We just looked a little bit disjointed, I would say, at the start, but it was to be expected with three changes and second half will work that out. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, Cuts, I'll come to you because obviously you know you're a big advocate of. If it's not if it's not broke, don't you know? Don't fix it. Um, what did you make of the three the three changes on Saturday? I was I'll be honest. I was a bit nervous about Saturday once I seen the changes. <clears throat> Obviously, it's new lads coming in. They've had a couple of weeks training, um, but we've been playing so well. I just thought they they were on a terrible run. QPR. I just thought it was a potential bat banana yeah. skin. A bit after the Lord Mage Mage show, as they say. You know what I mean? Sheffield Night was such a good performance. But he sort of insinuated, didn't he, after the game on against Sheffield United that there'll be a lot of changes. So, you know, it's like we've said, it's a long season. It's we've got to use rotate the squad. And we are, we have got a lot of strength in depth. And 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 where Steve picked out a little bit Ramsey first half, I thought Barley gave the ball away too far too much first half. He was a lot better second half. But if these players aren't put in and, and integrated into the team. Then when we need them, if it's suspensions or injuries or whatever later in the season, they're going to be starting again from fresh. So I totally understand why you did it, and and thankfully it worked out in the end. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's I was a bit, mm, I don't know about the uh, changes as well. Um, but I say Carrick even said after the game on Saturday, I want you know I want you to bring my own players in, and that's exactly what he did, and he acknowledged as well. You, you know, I did. Wasn't quite there, but you know, we knew, I knew the chances just come and I stayed calm, etc. That's you know, that's what he's like, isn't he? It's what Carrick does. But Mark, obviously, you know, things have changed since you were last with us, obviously, squad wise, manager wise. What have you made of the, I suppose, the rise in this squad? Um, obviously, he's brought his own, obviously, his own players in that he's wanted, you know. Arch's been a massive success. Ramsey's just getting stuck in now. Barley's had a big part to play Saturday. What have you made of the, the changes that the manager's made? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, the, the biggest plus for me, I think, is uh, Force. I think he's been outstanding. I mean, I think, it, I think he's grown into it. The first couple of games when he came into the, the team under Carrick, um, you could see what it was about, and after a couple of games, he's grown into it, and he's become a massive part of the team now. Quite influential, to be fair, um, on the wing, scoring goals, um, 
And I think that's a big part of it. And also the way he uses a squad and always mentions a squad. He mentions the bench. Um, again, it's a lot about the togetherness. You can see when when we celebrate goals, they're running over to the subs and the subs are joining in as well. Um, the influence uh, Matty Crooks has. I mean, he comes on for 15 or 20 minutes and like the assist he's getting. I mean, he's causing mayhem up front. And, it, and I think John alluded it before. I think the biggest influence or the change in the squad is just a bit of an arm around people and a way of playing. And it looks like characters on the training pitch and on the videos you see of training. He's giving instructions, he's telling them what to do, he's drilling them. And I think everybody knows the position. And I think, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think even with Woody being there as well, there's something about this management team um, where they've brought everybody together again. Um, and everybody knows the position and knows that they need to fight uh, for the position to keep it. And I think it's really competitive now and it's a good young squad. Um, and that hasn't just come from Carrick as well. I think it's right through the, the whole of like the football club now with Kieran Scott downwards. I think everything that we're doing now around recruitment, younger players, uh, a way of playing, I think that's going to hold us in really good stead for, for future seasons. And I think it's going to continue like that, to be fair. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, we've spoke about that as well, the, the complete alignment of everything within the club now. There's no, there's nothing that sticks out that's a problem. I, like it was obviously well spoke about that Wilder had a couple of issues with the recruitment. He wasn't quite aligned with Kieran Scott's vision. But as he said there, everybody along the board now from Neil Bowser all the way down to Carrick and the players and the playing style, everything's just in place and everything's going nicely. And it's it's just a nice uh, it's a nice place to be at the moment. It's not it's not usual. It's a bit you know we usually get towards January time. We're like oh well the bubbles just burst kind of thing. But you see, I remember obviously days under Mogger, January come and that'd be our season goes off a off a cliff kind of thing. And you know that's what we expected, you know. But now. I say the last few seasons, it's been it's been lovely, and especially this year, we've been an absolute joy to watch. It's not just the results now; it's the football we play, it's the brand that we we support. And oh, yeah, I, I love talking. Can you tell I love talking about this football? <laughs> I love talking about carrot ball. I absolutely love it. We've got real options now, though, haven't we? On the bench, yeah. you look at the bench, you look at the team. We've got attacking options um, everywhere. Um, when you bring substitutes on, they're pretty much. A good replacement, like for like, it, it's it's strong throughout now, um, which is great. And everybody, as you say, is playing for each other. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, just, it. it's just nice not having a bad egg in the team. Like, there's always a bad egg. I don't know why, but there always seems to be a bad egg. And at the moment, there's not. I mean, I know the run we had last season. You know, going through the FA Cup and building our way up the table. That burst because of a bad egg. Which obviously you know turned out to be the the gaffer who was, you know, supposedly or unsupposedly, you know, I'm not here to confirm rumors. You know, talking to other clubs and putting himself out for other jobs and that, and that obviously got through the team. But now there just seems to be a complete. It's it's just yeah, it's just nice. It's it's lovely and it's 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 being portrayed on the pitch now. I mean, I mean, could we talk about that first goal? Obviously, it was so frustrating the first half. I mean. I mean, I'll, admit, I'll happily admit, I thought QPR were just about the better team in the first half. They created a couple more chances that were a bit nervy, like you said, when you saw the team. But that ball from Barlazer on the gap on his head, you could feel the relief. The relief just flew out the stadium and out the fans. It was like, finally, 
we've got that goal again in front. Do you know what it is that as good a goal that was? It was a little bit different to what we normally do. Normally, mm. we sometimes we get the ball wide and I find myself screaming, get it in the box. That ball from Barlaza was was outstanding and, and the header was a brilliant finish. You know, you, it, it was a different type of goal than what we've been scoring, but it shows that we've got, a, you know, we've got plenty of different ways that we can score goals. And like I think Mark said earlier, goals from all over the pitch now. Yeah. I know we've got a, a scorer there that's on 19 league goals. Is it 19 league goals? Yeah, 19, yeah. But I, I think McGree got his, is it his sixth or his seventh on Saturday? And to be mm-hmm. fair, since he came back from the World Cup, he's, he's been absolutely outstanding every single week. We've got goals all over. We've got goals all over. Now, the only surprise to me is that the centre-halves aren't chipping in with one or two from set players because if they do, we are going to be the, a complete team in this division. Well, that's it. I mean, that's I'm like you. That's the only bit I'm surprised by. I'm, I mean, I know I know Dale Fry or you know, whoever's at the back, they don't contribute with many, but Lenahan has been known to have a good head on the ball. He's in a Blackburn. McNair as well. McNair knows how to score goals. You know, she scored in the last home game against um what was the last home game? It was Blackpool, was it Blackpool? I want to say Blackpool. Blackpool. Yeah. And um, you know, obviously he scored the goal at the back post in the was it three nil? You know, the game's come together so nicely, it's 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 great to talk about. Um but I say you're absolutely right. as soon as they chip in, you know, teams will think, oh well, it's just good to the centre half, they won't score. They start scoring, I think, well, how do you stop this? Like, how do you Put something round this to say, right? We'll stop you now. We know how to stop it because no one knows how to stop us. It's it, it, exactly for cans. It's it's took a red card at Sunderland to basically confirm this year is not hundred percent in the league. You know what I mean? It's it's been it's been that good. We've done that well, and um, as I say, I mean the, the third goal epitomised that as well because. I won't talk about QPR's goal, Steve, because um, <laughs> what the keeper did. But you know, it was, it was a hell of a hit. I've got to admit. But the third goal, Steve, that epitomised everything about us. It wasn't, you know, when we usually go to two-one after being two 0 up, we're all sat there thinking, "Oh God, here we go, here we go. It's coming, it's coming. We all know what's coming." They didn't, the players, and they got the ball and they put the ball straight up. Crooks didn't panic, picked the pass. And we finished the game off. It, it was a case of if you were nervous, you were nervous for what two, three minutes. I was I was talking about this after the game. It, it, it's 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 such a wonderful feeling now as a supporter that in in, in years gone by, you know when Middlesbrough are, are, are tight at the end of the game, two one one nil. As a Middlesbrough fan, you're thinking, can we keep them out? It's normally like backs to the wall. You, you you're rallying the team on to take the ball to the corner flag and keep it and waste time and. To see the game out. Now, this Middlesbrough side, I mean, is, is it four games in a row we've scored three? We're looking now, if we go 2 1 down, want to score three. You know, if we, you know, we're just looking for the other goal. It's such a refreshing thing to see. I don't think Middlesbrough have had that for many years, where we've got a team that are looking to outscore teams. And if you score one, we'll score two. If you score two, we'll score three. We're just looking to outdo teams, and it's working. And you know, we're, we're racking up the goals, you know, with a rate of knots. And it, 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 it's it's wonderful to watch. And you're almost coming to the end of games now, you know, if it's tight, you're expecting this Middlesbrough team to go and look for another goal rather than defend, which has been the way it's been forever for me, supporting Middlesbrough. But it was a, it was a good second half. It was a good second half display. 
were more more than deserved the the three one win in the end. As you say, the the goal you mentioned was Zach Steffen. You know, I'm his biggest fan, but unfortunately, it was his fault on this occasion. He he he, he took to, he, he took a he, he stepped a yard too far to his right, and he also took a yard two two yards too forward. So when the, he was expecting the cross to come in. He had been dominant all dominating all game, coming for crosses. His handling was superb all game. And I think he was in really good, confident form. And he was coming and taking everything. And he thought that ball was coming in the box. And he thought, I'm going to come a couple of yards off my line, anticipate this cross coming in, and I'm going to come and get it. And the last thing he expected to do was allow his chair to whip that free kick in. So not only did he have to go back to his left, he then had to go two yards back as well, where he had stepped forward from. So his movement wasn't just a cross as a goalkeeper. It was a cross and back. And if you watch, it dips right in front of him. If he hadn't, if he hadn't taken them two yards to, to uh, forward, and he had, he just had to take the step to his left and get across, he would have saved it. And I mean, what just done to him jump, was, jump in there. Yeah, uh, it's not often I'm going to do this. So press record. Um, I'm going to defend Stephanie because apart apart from obviously the Hannibal goal was it last week where he scored from a similar position. How you don't often see it, do you? So I didn't want to obviously you know put too much emphasis on it, but. You couldn't. You, I know it was his fault, but was it his fault? It wasn't a major. It, it wasn't a glaring error, and you've got to give credit to the player because it was an opportunist mm. strike, and it was there's not many players in the league could have pulled it off. All I'm trying to say it was it wasn't a glaring mistake. It was a technical goalkeeping fault. Yeah. If he hadn't have taken the two yards steps, two yards forward, and I just stayed where he was, he would have been able to get back across and turned it on the post. But he, his movement wasn't only to his left, he had to go to his left and back at the same time because he had anticipated the cross. And that movement done him. And the ball, the, the way the ball bounced in front of him was what beat him. If he hadn't been so far, so far forward, he would have probably turned it around the post. You've got to give credit to the player. It was it was one of those things. But as a goalkeeper, I don't care what you say, you don't get beat from 40 yards and get away with it. <laughs> you just don't. Yeah. Nobody's going to give you any, you know... Any reprieve if you get beat from forty yards. I don't care who you are. I will yeah. say this on the flip side, though. He did make a few important saves during that game on Saturday. He did. He played well. He played really well. That's what I'm saying. He was dominant all game. He was. I think he was in the groove. He was coming and taking crosses. He took a brilliant cross towards the end of the game, right in front of the the, 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 the two QPR players, and held on to it. All the crowd cheered, and I think he was just in the groove, and he just got himself a little bit carried away. But you know. When you win 3-1, you shall forget about those don't you as a goalkeeper. Exactly. But the first board team to score three times in four games. But I say it's, I think it's for almost 30 years. So it's a it's something you know you don't you don't see often. You're absolutely right. But I'm gonna quickly wrap this up because I'm down to move on to the next subject. Steve, Steve yeah. before before I go, go uh, on. before we move before we move on, I just want to uh, pick Mark up on something he said earlier on, which was spot on. You mentioned Jonathan Woodgate. Yeah. And I think he's been quietly going about his business in the background. You haven't seen him getting involved in celebrations and high-fiving and running around the pitch. <clears throat> he's just been in the background. And yeah. I think he's played a huge part behind the scenes in what we're doing with in, in terms of the, 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 the respect he's got from the players, the respect he's got from the staff, and also the, the role he's playing in developing our defence. Because with defence, since Carrick's come in, is getting better week on week. The goalkeeper's getting better. Neil Fry's coming in, McNair's coming in, Lenehan's playing brilliantly, uh, Tommy Smith's come on leaps and bounds, 
Giles is playing brilliantly. So a lot of that, I think, a lot of that credit will be will be because of Jonathan Woodgate. So I just like to say well done to Jonathan Woodgate because he's had a lot of stick at times, and I think he's doing a, a really good job at the moment behind the scenes. Absolutely, spawn. Go on, thoughts. And just the last friendly bit before we do get into the next bit. Man, the matches from the last two games, I'm going to go with Tuba at Sheffield United and Rally McGree from Saturday. Interesting what you were thinking. That was going to be my last question, to be quite honest, before we go. So there's your two. Steve, what's your two? It was definitely Tuba at Sheffield United. And on Saturday, it was between Lenehan and McGree. So for a change, because I love Ryan McGree, I'll go Lenehan, just for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, come to you. Uh, Tuba and Riley McGree, but yeah, I mean, Lenahan, I mean, recently he's just becoming that leader that we need. He's been outstanding, hasn't he, really? He, he's, he is that person who is talking on the pitch and really driving things forward. He's become completely solid and reliable. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a difficult one, but yeah, I'll go with those two. I'm going to go Archer and Lenahan. I thought Lenahan was superb on Saturday. So someone that's come in and fitted in so well, and uh, any partnership he's put with as well. I say there's it's just my own changes alongside him. There's no conflict or disagreement. It's always you know if anything goes wrong, it's like right that's happened, but we can you know they're always chatting to each other. It's great to see and yeah, I'm I'm a massive a massive fan of uh, Darren Lenahan. Lenahan so. Um, but yeah, Cameron Archer at Sheffield United was unplayable at times. Absolutely unplayable. I know Tuba was, but Archer, even with a dodgy ankle, he got straight up and put the ball in the back of the net. You know, <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just un- unbelievable player. What a difference he's made when he's coming in as well. So, I think yeah. The big positive with Archer is the fact that he's he's good on both feet as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, both finishes, both finishes. He needs to start amazing. hitting more on his left peg, doesn't he? Because mm. he's going to Sheffield United and his left peg, oh. and he had a couple of opportunities against. QPR on his left and he tried to cut back into his right I wish he'd be a bit more confident in his left because he's got a great left peg as well I know because I never expected him to score on his left peg when the ball came across from at Sheffield United I thought well he, he might take a touch but oh first time it unbelievable unbelievable moment Um, but yeah he's fitted so he's been fitted in so well and he um, and I like his celebration because it really does peeve the away for the, the, the opposition fans off they really don't like it they didn't like it at Cardiff and they didn't like it on Wednesday yeah it's uh He's, he's got that bit of housery about him. I quite like him. I do like him a lot. But um, right, that's that's the previous games done. Let's get stuck into this bit. Yesterday, Monday, ticket prices came out. Renewal prices came out. Obviously, you know we we can see renewals because obviously we're all season ticket, you know, season card holders, you know. Um, but the early bird prices came out because it's a new applicants are on there as well. Um, we're going to talk about the prices of them. Um, they have gone up, which um, if you if, if you've seen the banner on Saturday, I I didn't agree with the banner going up. By the way, um, I thought you know that everybody have the voice, but I say the banner went up. Make make football um affordable for fans. You know, yeah, I can see where they're coming from, but everybody's got an opinion on that. I'm going to pass straight to Steve, but before I do. Already twelve hundred have renewed for the new prices, which I think that's abs- considering we're going through a cost of living crisis, and it's not even pay week, is absolutely incredible. So you know, T sizes, isn't it? 
we just know we just know where to do it when we can. But um, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of things came out of that, Steve. We've done a lot of talk in the last twenty four hours. When I say we, you, um, talk talk me through your thoughts because um, yeah, this is going to be a lively one. I'll let you start. Right. Well, you know, it, it's all about opinions. That's what we're here for. And, Absolutely. You know, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. It's just my opinion. I'm sure that there'll be people listening to what I've got to say that'll agree with me. And I think there'll be lots of people out there who won't agree with me. And there'll be lots of people that think I'm having to go to Steve Gibson or the football club and think I'm this and think I'm that. I'm just going to give my opinion. And that's what I'll always do as long as I've been invited on here. Because that's what I think I'm on here to do. So I've wrote a few things down and how I feel personally about the situation at the club regarding Middlesbrough's approach to ticket prices not just this season, but last season in a season's gone by. And I've wrote a few things down. So I'll start off. So Mark Motley, obviously Middlesbrough supporters for him, um, they've been told that the gate receipts don't cover the running costs of the stadium and that due to concessions, the average price per person in the Riverside is actually £12.50. OK, so this season... Middlesbrough averaging over 25,000. So if that statement's true, the running cost of the Riverside must be more than 7.2 million. Now, I find that a little bit hard to believe that the running costs are more than 7.2 million. As I say, Mark might be able to shine some more light on that. Um, I'd also like to, uh, to put to bed the myth that Middlesbrough season card prices haven't moved much for years. And what I'll say to that is, in 2013, a North Stand season ticket card in a North Stand was £370. Next season, it's going to be £480. So in 10 years, we've had an increase of £110. Now, I think that's significant. We are supposed to be a community club. We all we all uh, see what happened during COVID, what football looked like without supporters. Teesside is struggling with the cost of living crisis. We have food banks outside the stadium with John Donovan helps to to do with the 12th man, which is brilliant, and and uh, Mark. Um, yet Steve Gibson thinks paying £31 to £36 for a walk-up ticket might not be enough. It might be going up again. So what I want to say is, why does Gibson want to make Middlesbrough a closed shop to season ticket holders? We should be encouraging low-income families, students, school kids with cheaper deals and walk-up prices to fill the riverside. Um, my thing as well was regarding students. Um, students could be future supporters of the, of the club, Teesside Uni. Why don't we offer discounted tickets to them? Encourage students from other parts of the country to support Middlesbrough. I was listening to Gabby Logan on the telly the other day, telling, me, telling the, the, the TV audience that she went to Durham University, and that's why she supports Newcastle United, unfortunately because she used to go and watch Newcastle while she was at university. Um, but Gibson's gone one further. Now new applicants who want to buy a season card, early bird, have to pay more than existing season card holders by up to £64. If they want to sit in the West Upper, they will have to shell out a disgraceful £705 for possibly championship football. That can't be right. Steve Gibson still won't join the 20th plenty for away supporters either, meaning not only do our fans have to continue to pay over the odds, 
for away days, but also we shall continue to get poor away followings at Riverside. Surely 1,000 away fans paying £20 is better than 400 paying 30 And if you do the maths, that works out as well. Now, listen, we all know Steve Gibson, what he's done at Middlesbrough over the years. He's a legend. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. He's a man of the people. He's one of us. He's a Teesider. Um, and that's why I find some of his decisions, frankly, baffling. Um, now, forget the Premier League this season. Maybe some of these questions that I'm seeing will disappear in the financial sort of ramifications will look a little better under Premiership uh, sort of prices um, in, the, in, the, in the cold light of day. But all I'm going to say for me personally as a passionate Middlesbrough fan is the club need to really look at what they're doing because the, the, the danger is you're just pricing season ticket holders eventually to a point where they're going to stop going. And we'll do the Riverside against Millwall had 24,000. The next game it was 25. The next game it was 26. And on Saturday it was 27,000. The crowds are going up. The revenue's going up. Surely the revenues from the football club with a full Riverside is better than trying to monopolise supporters into getting season tickets. Let's get supporters into that stadium whether you're students, whether you're kids, whether you're a walk of fan. Because some fans, like I've said, they can't go to every game due to work, due to financial reasons. They might not live in Teesside and they can get the six, seven, eight games a season, maybe it's maximum. Why should they be paying nearly £40 for a walk-up ticket? 20 is plenty and the club need to start listening. So I'm so pleased and happy that Mark Motley's come on today because he has had dialogue with Steve Gibson with the club. So I'll I'll pass over to Mark to say to see what he's got to say on my my sort of rant. Good luck following that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, I completely agree with you. I mean, my, my own circumstances as well. Um I, I moved um to the West last year just to sit with friends and, and my, my ticket this year is now six hundred and forty one pounds as a renewal. It is it is a heavy price to play. Um, completely get it and I completely get the fact that when um, we look at um, season ticket prices compared to other clubs, ours do look very high and that is because they are, they are higher than others without a doubt um, the problem comes um, by the high level of concessions that we have at our club and unfortunately like we can't get the information um, from other clubs on the percentage of concessions that they have. But our club, it's near enough to 50% concessions. And some of those concessions are for under-18s, some of them are for in the uh, Generation Red family zone, um, obviously over 65s. That doesn't bring in the same income as a full-play adult as such. Um, so, so that's one of the battles that they have. Um, and, and one of the other battles... That they do have and, and this again might be down to the fact that prices are high is um concession abuse unfortunately um so we've got a lot of as i would say probably the youngest um 65 year olds and <laughs> the oldest 18 year olds attending matches and rightly or wrongly um that's causing a bit of an issue as well um we've also again 
just some stats for you, um, or sort of stats. There's a lot of, again, um, people who get free tickets on a match day, whether that's carers um, out in the community. Nearly 1,500 uh, tickets on a match day are given away free, um, first of all. And that is potentially, as I say, to carers that come in with um, those who are disabled or out in the community or other things like that. Um, interestingly, can't disagree with, with with ticket pricing. It is it is really really high, and as you've already said, there's people using food banks in the area. There's people struggling, cost of living crisis. We know ourselves from doing the charity work how much people need these things. Um, and what I've done the last, literally probably the last two weeks, has been speaking with the football club, um, with Neil, with the chairman. Um, I met Neil personally, one on one. Um, phone calls with the chairman again met, met the chairman on Saturday and literally um, put research in front of him showing seven or eight clubs similar size to ours um, the Sheffield United, the Stokes of this world um, ticket pricing um, what they released for last year across all four stands um, and really try to hit it home that we are the most expensive and could you give us the reasons around why we're more expensive than others Um and a lot of it, unfortunately, does come down to concessions and and those things that we we mentioned in the nine point plan. I'm sure there's other things as well. Um, Mark, you know, you yeah. say concessions, and you, you you said Steve Gibson's said to you that we've got more concessions concessions in other clubs in terms of mm -hmm. the pricing. We've got okay, a high level of concessions yes. at around fifty percent. Um, yeah, so so he's he's mentioned in that statement in, 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 the, um, in the in the statement they brought out that. Middlesbrough has fifty percent concessions, which is high compared to other clubs. But you've also just said you can't get that information from the other clubs. So how does Steve Gibson get that information? So what what I'm basically saying is, when they can't approach other clubs to actually ask how many concessions um they have as such, um, but in terms of the demographic, I think um is it from the EFL? In terms of the day, the demographic of like proportion of eighteens. 21s and over 65s, our concession level is around 50%. And I think there's something around the demographic of the area as well, um, which the chairman mentioned around us having quite a high, as I say, level of under 18s, under 21s and over 65s attending the games, really. Um, but how does he know that compares that. different to other clubs? Sorry? How, do they, how does he know that compares different to other clubs, that we've got more than other clubs? I couldn't tell you that, unfortunately. I'm not sure what research he has uh, to say that. Does that mean then, Mark, that once all these concessions, because I would say a high percentage of that 50% will be round about between 14 and 17. Does that mean when them 50% at 18, we're going to get a decrease in season ticket prices? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's great that you know we are good with our concessions in the in the basis yeah. that you know we do welcome a lot of younger fans. It's, it's it's good to see the younger fans getting involved. I say, I can talk from experience in the North Stand. There's a lot of I say a lot of younger fans getting getting involved with all the singing, and that's why the North Stand's I suppose becoming more lively again because we're getting more people involved, and the younger people, I suppose, they love that sort of stuff, don't they? You know. Get up and shouting and screaming and all that sort of stuff, but it's great to see. But yeah, 
the abuse bit, yeah. The, you, you can't say it does happen, you can't say it doesn't happen, but yeah, it's, it's not great if people are taking advantage of that. I don't know which one to come to, you've both got your hands up. Go on, cut. Can I just ask one thing, Mark? So, one of my closest friends had to give up his season tickets. He followed the club all over the country with me from being, from being at school, so that's like well, 30 odd years ago now. And Mark. He's got it. He's got it, yeah, and the rest, yeah. Thanks, Steve. So he's got, he's got a young, he's got a young son now who's getting into football. He took him to the FA Cup game, loved it, wanted to buy a season ticket. His plans were he was going to get him one, but the last. So the early bird prices, I can't understand. If I'm paying four hundred and eighty pound in the North Stand, the early bird, and he wants to buy himself and his son a season ticket in the North Stand, the early bird, not knowing which division we're going to be in. Why is that stopped? Because you used to be able to buy it at the same price, early bird, as me. I can't understand if they can afford to sell it for, to me at 480 why they can't sell it to a new applicant and his son at the same price. It's my biggest bugbear out of the whole thing that's going on. 100%. Um, 100% agree with you. That's a question that I definitely want to answer in, and that's something I'm going to raise with the chairman, 100%. Um, that's one of the things that come up quite a lot around why are we penalising people who want to buy a season ticket or become a new supporter and commit to the club for a season? Why should they have to pay more? I completely agree. I don't understand the logic behind it, if I'm honest, but that is something 100% that um, I'm raising with the chairman. Go on, Steve. I've just going to ask Mark as well. Um, you know, did, did it give any indication of, you know, by putting these prices up, what sort of profit that they're hoping to, to, to gain out of it because in football terms I can't help but feel that it's like chicken feed. It's like, you know, if we've got ten thousand supporters on full price tickets it this season at four hundred and fifty pounds. Um you know that's going to make Middlesbrough four and a half million quid. If you've got ten thousand supporters next season on four hundred and eighty pounds that's going to make them four point eight million. So you're talking like three hundred thousand pounds. But at the same time, if you over egg the pudding, shall I say, and you lose five hundred fans because they can't afford it, you've lost two hundred forty thousand pounds. So are we really that desperate for a couple of hundred grand here or there? Surely, if you are talking millions and millions of pounds, I totally would get it. But if you're talking a couple of hundred grand here or there. Um, why Why doesn't he think, well, in that situation, I'm freezing prices. Crowds are going up week on week, as we've seen. I'm going to I'm gonna freeze the prices. I'm going to hope that Middlesbrough are going to make the Premier League. It's going to be a sellout Riverside next season. And even if we stay in the Championship next season, I'm probably going to get twenty to 30,000 every week because the fans have bought into it. So for the sake of a couple of hundred grand, it just seems a real bad PR stunt again. I, I can't I can't disagree. Um, but when we're talking about the sake of a couple of hundred grand, unfortunately, it's not our money, is it? But that's the big thing. It's it's Steve Gibson's um four hundred grand, and it, it's I mean, again, types of conversations we've had um with the chairman, there is still a deficit, even though we're putting prices up. This it's still eight percent is the minimum um he could do. Um, it could have potentially gone up further, but eight percent is what it's at. Um, and yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, this this owner's 
making absolutely no money from this football club. Um, and he's putting basically 400, this, this 400 grand or whatever it may be that we're getting extra from putting ticket prices up, that's still not actually paying for, as I say, the the running or the the football operation. And I know a lot of fans think, yes, prices are going up, but it's the, it's the, it's the chairman who's footing the bill, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, so one, one thing I will say is that if... The increase, it doesn't seem like a lot over a season, £30 for us. It's, it might be more in some of the other stands I haven't looked into it. But if, come the end of next season, my £30 has gone towards, which, which like we've said before, all the money goes back into the club. If it means we get promotion, a £30 increase for getting promotion and nothing's guaranteed, for me would seem worthwhile. But I totally agree with everything Steve said about the price increases and and where we're at as a, as a club. Some people just thirty pounds a lot of money to some people, and yeah. and and when you work it out over the over the ten years that he said, and it's gone up one hundred and ten pounds in ten years or something like that, just for our stand, that does that would be I, I would think that would be pretty high compared to other clubs, similar sized clubs to us that are also trying to get back into the Premier League. I think it's, it's just about like I think four. it's just about the rate of inflation as well. By the way, I think over that ten years, and that's just still above the rate of inflation. I think I think it was from since two thousand nine we've had four increases and I don't think um I think that that's the total of increases that we've had it like um since that time but what I can say from speaking to the chairman I mean he he absolutely understands that um that it is impacting supporters it, it, he doesn't want to put the prices up believe me I mean when when we were in the office he literally we sat down. He understands the increases, how it can impact others. He does not want, as I say, to, to, to put a price increase to, to make football unaffordable for people. He wants people to come to, to the stadium and support the club. Um as I, as as I say, I mean he get, he gets nothing from from it. He's not making a profit or money from from, from basically increasing ticket prices. One question, Mark. You know, these increases have obviously been talked about months ago. It, so if we go in the Premier League, obviously our income is going to massively increase. So therefore, as a as a PR thing, would the club would the club ever say we get promoted and you've got massive money coming in? Would the club then ever consider it give fans money off their season ticket for the year after? Because obviously. The, the financial implications of being in the championship in the Premier League are massively different. I honestly don't. I couldn't answer on behalf of the club, be fair. It would be something I'd have to have to ask. Um, maybe. Who knows? I feel, like last one, is, I feel like this is a Q&A now. <laughs> God, last, last, I just want to say, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not a representative <laughs> of the club. I just know a little bit more about the ticket prices than most. <laughs> well, uh, Obviously, though, this is a thing that a lot of fans have talked about on social media. It's a yeah. big point at the moment. And, and, and I'm, like Steve, <clears throat> happy for everything that Steve Gibson ever does for this football club. And I know every decision he makes, it's so that we don't, get into the situation where we were in 1986. So I sort of, I can take it on the, on the chin, what he's doing now. But on the other hand, I do understand where Steve's coming from totally about the implications on, on other fans and the state of the country at the moment, which is not Steve's fault, to be honest. 
Last one from me, Mark, because uh, we'll give you a hammer in the air with questions, so it's the last one from me, I promise. <laughs> um, just regarding the reasons the club give as to why the season tickets have gone up. Now, I would imagine those reasons are the same reasons at every football club in the Championship. The cost of, you know, inflation, cost of living, running the stadium, bills, and everything's gone up. So the, the list that I've seen, I was ticking them off going, well, most clubs will have that, 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 and that. So by that sort of logic, you would expect every single championship club to go up between eight and ten percent, wouldn't you? With this, with the, with the season tickets this year. Now, if they don't, that's going to answer or bring up even more questions, isn't it? Because surely, if Steve Gibson's saying he needs to do this for the running of the club, and we're a club that's in a in a decent position, I would say, for the last few years, because we've we've slashed the wage bill. We've sold Tavernier, we've sold, we've sold Jed Spence. We're fortunate enough to be bringing in 25-plus thousand on the up. We're charging probably the most four-ticket prices in the league in terms of walk-ups and stuff like that. So if Steve Gibson's doing it in that situation, surely every club's going to do it. Potentially. I mean, I think some clubs have released their ticket pricing. Um, I know looking at Information around Norwich, really, really expensive, probably more expensive than us. Um other clubs again going back to concessions. I'm not I'm not not wholly sure how big their concession split is. When you look at clubs like um Swansea, for instance, if you look at our um our cheapest early bird ticket and Swansea's cheapest general sale season ticket, Swansea's tickets are still cheaper than ours. Um, I'm not saying they're as competitive as us or they might have the players on the pitch as us. I don't know what their costs are on the training ground, etc. Um, but yeah, it, it it's difficult to make sense of when you look at other clubs the same size as us. Um, but I think a lot of it, as I said before, probably comes down to potentially the amount of concessions and making up that, that deficit. I think the club... What sort of said or was told in the statement, we've done a lot of work in increasing the commercial revenue of a sponsorship through um through corporate events, etc. Um the club probably feel they've maximized that now. Um and need to look at other avenues really. Um what the chairman obviously did commit to was continuing the dialogue with us going forward, involving us in the process earlier around season card increases. Um, coming up with ideas. I mean, we've got we've got twelve months now to potentially think about what other ideas we could put in place if the if the if the prices potentially go up next year. I don't know what inflation is going to do. Who knows? Hopefully, they'll stay as they are. Um, but with everything going up, um, might go up again. They might not. They might come down. We don't know what's going to happen. But um, all we can do is keep engaging with them. We're, we're here to try and influence, give the views of the fans. As best we can. Um, we're certainly not financial experts, so we can only go with the figures what Stephen is accountant of givers, I suppose. Um, but what I am pleased with is that they are happy to to try and engage with us, and I think this time more than any other, they've given us a little bit more information on reasons rather than just putting them up. Um, and that's unfortunately all we can do and ask for and, we'll, and as I say we'll we'll try to continue these conversations going forward um I don't know what the walk-up price is going to be I'm not I'm not I'm not privy to that um 
all I can talk about really is season tickets. And, and as I've sort of said, I mean, I, I'm not happy. Um, I made my feelings known to Steve. I mean, my feelings known to Neil, as others have. Um, and as I say, they they are aware of the impact it will have on supporters. Believe me, they do know it. Uh, they don't want to drive supporters away from the club. Um, they've mentioned there is other things that they need to pay for around the training ground and the stadium. There's improvements to come, um, which is going to cost quite a bit of money as well. Um, the stadium is now 25 years old. Um, so there is things in the pipeline that need to be done with that. Um, and as I say, all we can do is keep trying to bang the drum and, and influence ticket prices. Um, as I said, we don't run the club, but we can just try our best. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Thanks for that. Yeah, can I just say before we move on to whatever we're going to do on, it sounded like we were really giving Mark a grill in there, but but Mark was well aware of tough, tough questions he was going to get asked, he, and I think he's answered them brilliantly on behalf of the club and him, and given his own views as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but before we do move on, I mean, because it does sound like we've given Gibbo an absolute grill in there as well. Um, um, but, I mean, just to confirm that, this is purely a business decision, isn't it? It's simply because of inflation and obviously the, the cost of running and etc. This is not because he's, he's greedy and he wants a load more money in his pocket. It's simply just to keep this club going a little bit more, isn't it? This decision. To keep, it's to keep the club going. It really is. I mean, the income that we get through the stadium, ticket sales, um, whether it's beer sales, etc., that does not go on players. It's literally running costs. None of that gets spent on players. Um, he's not putting prices up because he wants to make a profit because he's never made a profit of the football club and he's never going to make a profit of the football club. It's purely to, to, to run the club, unfortunately. That, that's what it is. And even that doesn't... Well, that. <laughs> I don't think there's one. Uh, there's not one fan who's got their head screwed on that thinks Steve's doing it for monetary gain. Not not one fan. I just think, again, unfortunately, of the way the country is at the moment and, and everything going up and people really struggling, I think it's frustrations about all that. And, and unfortunately, the thirty pound rise for us, that's obviously going to get directed at the chairman. But not not one of us here that sat here thinks it's him lining his pockets because we certainly we certainly don't. It's just frustrating that with the way things are in the country at the moment, which, again, is nothing to do with Steve. It's not his fault at all. But things are even going up for the football club in terms of, I know I mentioned in the statement about utility bills and minimum wages and, and national minimum wages and stuff. Yeah. But even down to um, things like concourses, like, so you've got you've got drinks, etc. And, and I know the club are continuing um, talking to, to those who supply sort of... Um, soft drinks and other stuff because they're putting prices up as well um, by big percentages. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on which makes it more and more complex. I mean... The, we, it sounds we, like we're getting fosters back more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, just just going at things like that, I mean, I, I don't know whether you read the last minutes, things like... Um, there's things to spend it on, like even improving the kiosk, because we know there's a big there's big problems in the concourse around queuing and people getting beers and pints and stuff like that. So there's other things in the pipeline that we need to work on around the stadium. Um, I know people have referred to um, 
kit and making money on kit. And obviously we've had issues with kit supplies, which Aria put the statement out as well, other ways to bring income in. Um, but what other ways? I mean, is there any other way we can bring income in? I don't, I don't know. Anybody else got any other ideas? Who knows? There you go. I mean, that's that's the um. There you go. That's to you, listeners. If you've got any ideas, fire them in. Um, well, here's one. Now, have you any idea? Do the do the club make profits on like concerts and stuff? Like, I know we only have one a year, but maybe have like I don't know, trying to get boxing events on or something. I know that maybe have an adverse effect on the pitch, but. But do the club the club must be making money out of the concerts that they're doing every year. Maybe try and fit two in in the summer instead of just the one. And any extra revenue that can come in is obviously going to be beneficial in regards to future season ticket rises. Yeah, no, that's, good, that's, good, that's good points. I think. I mean, that's what I think. Next time we we meet with um, with the chairman, I mean, we're hopefully going to be putting some ideas together potentially of how we can. Um, maybe help increase revenue. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll be open to anything. I mean, the thing with the, the thing when, when we speak to the chairman, you've got your ideas and, and the things that you're coming up um, to him about. You, you've got to have your facts and figures and you, you've, got, you've got to literally be correct and know um, your data inside out because he's got all the stuff in front of him. I mean, it, 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 he, he literally... When we met him on Saturday, he had a list of things that he went through. Um, he's got the information in front of him about obviously his accounts, how the football could perform in, the, the split of the concessions, all that type of stuff. Um, but if you go to him, I suppose, with an idea and you've got facts and figures to back it up, you'll seriously look at it. I mean, I think um when John John Donovan himself spoke to the chairman, I mean, a couple of seasons ago, about the 18 to 21. Um, and, it, and he backed it up with, with great information and, and made great sense. And Steve listened and he implemented it. So believe me, he's all for listening to people. Um, absolutely is. And that's what the forum hope to do going forward. Engage with him more. Put the ideas of the fans forward and listen. We've got to back it up with real facts and figures of how it can help because <laughs> that's the only way we can do it, really. Well, I've got I've got Beyonce's number, and I'm sure you've got Eddie Ern's number, so we'll give them a bell <laughs> after the pod. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is what I've got to contend with. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. It's, he, he does listen. You're absolutely right. I mean, I was at the meeting with 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 John Don when he said about the eighteen and twenty ones. We thought we were barking at the wrong tree when he was because it was quite it was weird because he was quite laid back about it when you were talking about it. It was obvious that it was back of his head going, "I know something you don't." And I know I'm going to implement this, but you don't know it yet. And we just thought, we're putting an idea to it, it might work. And I think it came out like a week later, they were going to put 8021s in with um, around the stadium, which has been a big success because it's let fans roam yeah. wherever they want now. So it's, it does work. It does work. And I say, any any ideas that you may may have, obviously, please back it up with, you know, with facts and figures like Mark saying, pass them on to Mark, pass them on to the supporters forum. Us, we'll pass them on your behalf. We're not bothered. Um, we all just want the best for this club. That's all we want. And um, yeah, they say we just want to get as many people in the Riverside as possible and make it as affordable for everyone to get there as well. Football is for fans, and that's how I'll always believe it should be. And um, as as Steve rightly said, we all saw what football was like during COVID. It was horrendous without fans. So yeah. Anyway. There you go, Mark. You, you, your grilling's gone now. 
you're safe again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm no financial expert, um, but I can only, <laughs> I can only give the, the info that uh, Steve gave us. And hopefully, as I say, going forward, when we do get this information, we, we can give extra context to supporters, which exactly. I think they probably haven't had in recent years, really. So I'm hoping whatever we can we can give you guys, it'll put a bit of uh, meat on the bones rather than just um, the odd statement here and there. You, you get some reasons behind why things are done. Um, that's the main aim. Well, I think you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned it earlier <coughs> about minimum wage going up. Was it now nine fifty going up to ten pound forty two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> over a business of the size of the football club not just at, on match days at Rockcliffe and what have you that's a significant rise because if people are above minimum wage he's going to have to put theirs up as well so it, you know we do understand that side of the that side of it as well I know, I know he doesn't like to do it but I always think Mark Steve Steve scores a massive one goal by not coming on social media or re- BBC T's and just every now and again, if it's once a year, just giving a 20-minute interview just to give his thoughts on on where the club is going, the future of the club, his ambition. You know, he's always welcome on here and other, other platforms. I just sometimes wish he would put himself out there a little bit more. I know he's a busy man and he's got lots of things going on, but I think sometimes, you know, the odd interview would go a long way. Just to, just to uh, counteract that, the last time he said that, he put the statement out. We're going with Steve Agnew. So you know, just... no, no, leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. No, just another, just another thing. If he listens to the podcast tonight and he agrees to come on, he's going to say, "Keep that Geordie off. I'm not talking to him." <laughs> Fair play. But no, it's it's good that what you what you used to do, Mark. I say, all including us here at Twelve Man and every fans, we all appreciate it because you're bridging that gap between. The club in us, which we thought was was massive, um, and uh, it's it's just good that that gap is now shortening, and you know you've given us a voice to to put forward. So you know, keep doing what you're doing. No, I think, and I think the point Steve made is really relevant about the chairman coming out, and it's, it's probably not the done thing that he's that the club's ever done really, has it? In terms yeah. of coming out and and and, and sometimes really seeing what they think or hearing from the chairman, the chairman stays in the background. And I mentioned it to Steve, maybe we do need to do more of that. Uh, and I'll mention it again next time as I, say, I speak to him. Um, and there's definitely a couple of things like taken away from here and like what other people have said, as I say, around around the, um, the, the season ticket prices for newbies and more communication. So hopefully we can put those ideas into his head and... Uh, Make it happen, and that's what it's all about. And um, no, you're absolutely right. And but yeah, please don't let him bring Steve Agnew back ever, <laughs> ever again. And um, so, go so on. just before just before we finish, can we finish on a positive? Because that's been a difficult twenty minutes. Well, I was going to talk, pause... talk about West Brom. Can we finish on that? Yeah, and then I'll ask my question after that. Then uh, I, I'm I'm you know your question now, but. Right, I'll start with you, Cut. So, West Brom, obviously, it's they obviously lost their game against Watford. Um, I, I took particular notice of this game because I thought, right, I, we need to figure out a way to stop this because it's another high-pressed team, um, West Brom. And I figured out pretty quickly, you stop their midfield playing, you stop them playing. I, I figured that out very quickly. 
I, I'm praying that Michael Carrick's figures out, and he's a bigger, he's a much smarter man than I am. I mean, it doesn't take much, but he's a much smarter man than I am. Um, but is this another game where the midfielders are going to be critical in winning in winning this football match? Well, it's a, it's a huge game and one of our toughest fixtures remaining this season because under Corberan, they've they've been absolutely flying since he replaced Steve Bruce. Yeah. Real tough game. It's not an easy place to go to with the Hawthorns. Um, personally, I'd probably take a point from there with the fixtures we've got coming up. But we've just went to one of the best teams in the division and totally played them off the park on their in their own backyard, so to speak, with a massive, brilliant home record that they had. So I say this every week, it's about how we perform. If we play as well on Saturday that we did at Sheffield United, I think we'll take three points. But I would be quite happy with a point from there, to be honest. It's a tough game and mid like you say, midfield's gonna be massive. I mean I mean, Steve, what is has what happened the last week given us the affordability that maybe we can take a point from this? It's not all it's not all about taking three points. Well, we can afford to I'm not saying drop two points, but not see a point is a bad result from this one. Absolutely. I, I I don't think a point would be a bad result. It's a difficult place to go. They're on the, the cusp of the playoffs themselves. They've just come off a defeat. They'll be wanting to bounce back. But I, I just feel different about this team. I just think we're going to outscore teams. And if, 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 if we're sort of going to the game like we have done the last four, five, six games, I think we're better than West Brom and we'll beat them. So... You know, my head says a point's a good result, but my heart's saying we can go there and get three. And while, while you're in red hot form and you've got everybody available to you, I think we should just take advantage of that and just take every game as let's go for it and go for the three points. And, uh, you know, we've got changes to make. I think that they're a different outfit to QPR. Uh, like I said earlier on in the podcast, I would, I would probably bring Dale Fry back in for this game because they're physical up front. For McNair, horses for courses. I would... John, John will like this one, John Cutts. I would actually bring Housen back in for Barleza because I thought Barleza on Saturday would give the ball away quite a lot. And either we got better second half, I would I would start with Housen. And uh, Mark Motley's favourite, Marcus Force, I think he's going to come back in on, 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 on the right-hand side for, for Aaron Ramsey. And I think if we go with that side, I think we can go there and get three points. I really right. do. And... <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep winning three one every week. Let's just keep let, let's just keep it going. I mean, are you just basically saying put the three players back in that we took out? Yeah, why not? Three 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 good players to bring in, fresh legs, one up front, one in the midfield, one at the back. It's a stronger team than 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 face QPR, and they've just conceded three goals uh, last night to Watford. There's no reason we can't go and do that again. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Matt, what do you what do you make of that then, Mark? Obviously, you know we've it is it's a big game. It's another big game, another big test. But you know, like you said there, the, the squad depth we've got, it's one of the best in the league, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm expecting the three players to come back in. To be fair, um, I really I think that will be the case, and I think um, Howson was on the bench, family probably for, for for this for this ready to come back in for this game. Um, the form that we're in, um, Sheffield United, QBR, I, I just think I think we'll go there and win. I mean, we look a bit unbeatable at the minute, don't we, the way we're playing? Um, so confident, attacking football. Um, we really do 
there's nothing to be afraid of. I, I do think we'll go there on the front foot again. And um, I mean, normally you'd be happy with the draw, but I do. I think I think it'd be disappointed if we got a draw now. I think I think we can go there and get three points. To be honest, we, we rightly should be confident and go there and get three points. No, personally, personally, I think there's only really one big decision to be made on Saturday. I think the team will revert back to what he's been going with in general. The big decision is who starts at centre half. Is it going to be Fry or McNair? I think the other ten. I think we'd probably all agree on the other ten. It's who starts out of Fry and McNair. I think on Saturday. That's it. That's it. But whatever decision Michael Carrick goes with, I'll absolutely fully support. Um, I'll fully back because he's first. He hasn't got much wrong, has he? In the uh, the three months he's been in charge, he's been an absolute godsend. He's uh, yeah, he's been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to heading to down the uh, the Hawthorns on Saturday. To, uh, it's always a decent trip to West Brom, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but right then, gentlemen, it's time to put our next on the on the block. Uh, Mark, score prediction. I'll 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 go for a, a two one. I won't say three one. It won't be another three, but I'll go for a two one. <laughs> the Borough, of course. Of course. Um, Steve. And I'm going to go. What the opposite of the mark, I'm gonna go three one. Which is a which is about twenty to one if you fancy having a back on that. Um <laughs> so I'm just, just letting you know. I'm it should be a lot lower. It should be a lot lower than that. We do it every week. I know the way it's going, four in a row. Bookies will be uh, quivering at the moment. Cut. I'll go one nil Borough. That's that's boring for you. You're usually four five nil. Well, I've been close a few hours, been scoring goals for fun, mate. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna match what um what Mark said. I think two one Saturday. It's a tough place to go. The half ones. It always is. They're a terrible away from home, but they're really good at home. West Brom, really good. So um, but before I finish, go on, cut. What's that question? So like like I say, it's been a bit of a tough podcasting sections. Yes. Question for each of you then. That I'm sure already I know the answer to. Are we going to make the top two? Yes or no, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Wow, it's such a tough question. I wanted to be. Uh, I'm going to have to say yes or no. I'm going to have well, to say yes. Say what you want. Yeah, ah. the momentum at the minute. You've got to go yes, haven't you? So yeah, I think I think if we win on Saturday against West Brom, I would I would be really confident of catching because that's a real tough game. And I think that would, you know, set the marker down against Sheffield United. If we go to West Brom and beat them, Sheffield United are going to be looking at that and thinking, wow, these really are coming for now. So, yeah. Go on, Mark. How, how many games are left? 13. Oh, it's so tough, isn't it? Um... Oh. I'll say yes. <laughs> yeah, go. Good lad. What's your answer, Cut? I'll be surprised if we do not make the top two with the run we're on. And and like I said earlier, we'd maybe be a little bit disappointed with the point on Saturday. Both teams are going to drop points from now at the end of the season. We know what the championship's like. But the pressure we've put on them and two defeats in a row could have been 13 points and now it's four. That's a huge thing for me, I think. I think like uh, Fergie would say, and Carrick will have heard it before, squeaky bum time in Sheffield. <laughs> I think they've got a bit of a difficult run, haven't they? They've got a couple of tricky games yeah, going. I think if it wasn't for that 
I think I'd be if it wasn't for that game in hand. I think I'd I'd hundred percent say yes. I mean, I am there with it. I do think we we, we do, we'll do it, but I think that game in hand is just in the back of my mind. Really, might sometimes might be a little bit tough to catch up with the game in hand, but yeah, why not? I mean, I'll I'll go through the next five games in the league. They've got they've got Watford at home, Blackburn away, Reading away, Luton at home, Sunderland away, and I'll chuck a sixth one: West Brom at home. And they've got Spurs, and they've got Spurs and the FA Cup jammed in there as well. Oh. Yeah, that, that's in between Watford and Blackburn. That's a really tough run, really, really tough. I mean, there's no disrespect to our opponents, but when you look at our fixtures, you know it's it's, it's night and day, isn't it? So I want I want them to win one of their next seven games. That's What's... Tottenham in the FA Cup. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Give them an extra game and a cup run. The further they go, the stronger teams they're going to play. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to see my dad's face. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it'd be funny as what's them beat Spurs, but no, no, it's um, it's a really tough run, and it's it's game on. It's it really is game on. But um, and I'll say about the season ticket prices, we all dis- we might all disagree, but I guarantee all four of us will renew. Am I right? Hundred percent. Hundred If you're listening, you Steve Gibson, I'm still renewing. <laughs> Yeah, we we still love you, Steve. We really do. And your dad. There you go. There you go. So it's because what we it's what we do. We we follow. We'll follow this club no matter what. So, um, just don't put up too much, so right. But um, they don't yeah. say that. There'll be a thousand pound next season. <laughs> I still, I'd still pay it, and and know you should find a way to pay it. So, but yeah, that's what we do, and I say we'll back them forever, and we always will. But uh, and on that note, I'll leave it there. We've talked enough. We've bored Mark enough. We've absolutely butchered him, poor lad. Mark, thank you so much for popping on and um, taking our taking our questions because <laughs> we had a lot of them. But as I say, we're so thankful for you that you're the voice for us. So thank you very much for popping on, my man. No, no, no worries at all. And as I say, I apologise. I can't answer everything in terms of financial, but I'm not certainly not the voice of the club. But I can I can try and. Um answer what I can realistically and go away and keep plugging away and get whatever answers I can really well, you're not the voice of the club but you're the voice of the fans mate and we're all appreciative so keep plugging away and say we'll 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 right we're all right behind you so yeah keep going mate um the gruesome twosome thank you so much for popping up popping on as usual um always a pleasure Steve cut um JJ you were missed but not too much because Steve gave a cracking rant. <laughs> that hope gets clipped. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, commenting, liking, subscribing. I say a lot of people got in touch, and I say I couldn't read out anybody's because simply we covered it. Every every guy's comments got covered. So yeah, um, keep them coming, and uh, we'll we'll chat again next week. So until then, I'll be seeing you. Arrivederci. Up the borough. Up the borough. Up the borough.